Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, thought leaders from across the country. Uh, We're going to have some fun today. We have an awesome guest in Matt O'Neill. Matt is the owner of Matt O'Neill Real Estate in Charleston, South Carolina. They are an indie brokerage that did almost 750 sales this year for $300 million in gross commission income that was across around almost 60 agents that he has currently within the brokerage. He's also a father of three beautiful little girls who are seven, five, and three years old. And Matt is just 39, turning the big four Oh on his next birthday. Matt O'Neill, welcome to the show. What's up, Jeff? Happy to be here, man. Dude, looking forward to our interview today. You said 300 million in gross commission. Uh, That would be great. (laughs) They are crushing it. No, I'm, yeah. You just keep that. You know, I've learned in life, anytime someone gives you a compliment, even when it's a mistake, just say thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, no, I appreciate you. that. 300 million in commissions though, dude, that's that's what I got to be thinking is big. Huge commission income. Yeah. It's funny, I had um, Kyle Bach uh, works with TPMCO, they're out of Kansas City, the personal marketing company. There's a little plug for you, Kyle. I had him speak at one of my workshops a couple months ago and I didn't have a lot, like I didn't know how to introduce him and I own the company, I'm introducing him and I'm like, crap, I didn't get like his information. So I said, you guys, I'd like to welcome to Kyle up uh, from TPMCO. He's like 30 years old. I go, this is the founder. The company has been around for over the amount of time. I think he's been alive, but I said, this is the founder, the thought, <laughs> you know, the thought person behind the scenes, also the CFO, COO, CEO, <laughs> just totally joking with him. And his face uh, was so red. He's like, you can't say that. I was like, I, uh, I can say I can whatever, say whatever I the hell I want. I got to the say. microphone. That's exactly. right. Well, Matt, I'm excited to have you. I know our listeners are aspiring to be like you when they grow up. And um, our number one goal in a very short amount of time is to find out what your superpower is and what got you to where you are today. Uh, typically, what I see is it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And I'm sure you've gone through some of that, especially as you've tried to juggle being a father um, and all of the other responsibilities you have outside of real estate. So I know you mentioned off air, you exited the sales role almost more than three years ago in 2017. Yeah, man. It was actually being a father that had me exit the sales role. Okay. Let's, let's start right into that. Like talk to us about how you got into the business. And then a lot of people listening are going to say, well, Hey, in 2021, I want to stop selling real estate. And that's always my big challenge. And that's one of the things I think that caught your attention is I share with audiences all across the country that the goal should be to stop selling real estate. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I, I got into real estate in 2006 as a member of a team, like when teams were just starting, I was a buyer agent. And then uh, three years after that, I started my own team at the same brokerage. And then um, three years after that, I started this company. Oh, cool. So it was, it was really was the, beginning, the beginning of 2013. So we've been, this is our seventh year as Matt O'Neill Real Estate. And that, the first year I started my company, this was the speech I was given at Adam Roach's place. And I, I moved from Remax, my brokerage, into my new brokerage and, and just thought I'd just bring my team with me. And all the agents, but one quit. 
<laughs> and I had this, you know, all these expenses, you know, coffee machines, new signs, staff, this big, huge office and no agents to work mm-hmm. anything. And, uh, and then I got hit with a $180,000 payroll tax bill. And it was, uh, man, that was, a, that was a bleak time, the beginning of 2013. Uh, and we had our first baby that year. So, oh my gosh, welcome to the world. Yeah, right. So I was just hustling, you know, I was hustling my ass off, selling yeah. as many houses as I could, recruiting like crazy, hiring, training, holding sales meetings, figuring out the finance, because obviously we'd messed that up, you know, to have that tax bill. And then, um, and we Man, I'd say everyone listening hit back 10 seconds and listen to what it took to be a successful team lead. Cause so often people think, well, I'm just going to start a team and I'll just keep selling real estate. And you just rattled off like nine hats. And I'm sure there's a hundred more that you could keep listing. And I did all the same things you did. We all have to, before we start to create those leverage roles. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and so we, we ended up, um, we ended up, we ended up surviving, you know, we sold, we sold 1 million less that year than we had the year before, but it was a huge win. We, we had sold 24 million at Remax the year that we had all that stuff happen, we ended up at 23 million and, uh, and we made it, you know, we got out of, we got out of debt. We paid off that $180,000 bill. And, and then we started, for you then, guys. then we started cruising. So we sold 50 million the next year. So doubled, uh, doubled in size the next year. And that's when I added two key people, a sales manager and uh, technology marketing manager. And yep. those, those were two key hires for me to get, get that off my plate. Eventually I gave up the broker role, which was, which was wearing me down. And, uh, that was the hardest role for me because I don't, I'm not a rule follower at all. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, in 2017, I was, I was selling 3 million a month. Personally, I just sold 38 million in 2016 and my team had sold 90 million. And, um, dude, I was about to, I was about to have a nervous breakdown, two little kids, a newborn baby, uh, you know, and then at this point, a, a two-year-old and I just said, I'm yep. not going to, I'm not going to, if, if it was just selling, you know, as we all listen, the hard thing isn't the selling selling's easy. That's the fun part, right? Um, selling gives us the endorphins and we make all this money. The hard thing is selling full-time 3 million a month, which in your market is what eight transactions, 10 transactions a month. The hard thing is doing that and all the other roles, even with a success manager and a marketing director, you're now the bro, you know, you're the designated broker. You're the person making sure stuff's happening the way it should in the office. You're the one putting out fires. You're the one dealing with the high school drama. I mean, it's not easy if you, you know, you don't have all those positions leveraged. So what, what happened? Dude, I was actually talking with somebody about this today. I was in a coach's office. And he's like a, a life coach, you know, a business coach, a success coach. It was basically a therapy session. And I said, man, I, I can't handle anymore. I'm maxed out. I'm overwhelmed. I, I become my worst self when I feel overwhelmed and I feel like I've got too much on my plate. And I feel like that all the time. And, uh, and I'll never forget, man. It was like three words that, that changed my life. He said, you can handle more. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just told you I can't handle another thing. I, I, I can handle more. And he said, you ever heard of Richard Branson? And uh, I said, yeah, I've heard of Richard Branson. He said, he has a hundred companies. You've got one little company. If he can handle a hundred companies, you could probably handle two companies. And I was like, okay. So it was like a shift. It was just a small shift in my consciousness and my mm-hmm. awareness of what was possible. 
And that, it, that was in May of 2017. And then in August of 2017, I was at a Tony Robbins business mastery conference. And you know, Tony, have you ever been to a Tony conference? I'm going tomorrow. Oh, good, man. Yeah, no joke. I was invited to a virtual event. Oh, okay. Virtuals. Yeah. It's not going to be the same. They're not doing in-person right now, obviously. Yeah. But go, go in person if you can, because it's, we'll do. it's crazy. Uh, you'll still have fun at the virtual. Um, yeah. But you know, Tony gets you in this massive state and it's all about energy and, and just like your state of being the consciousness that you're in. And so you're in these great states. And he said, you make the best decisions when you're in the best state and you make the shittiest decisions when you're in the shittiest state. And so he's like, in this state, what decision do you need to make in your business right now? And I was like, never sell another home. <laughs> yeah, baby. And so immediately, like, I, I take action on things as soon as I decide. And so immediately, I text my whole team. I said, I'm never going on another listing appointment. And I came back and never went on another, list, another listing appointment. And that was it. It was just a decision. But to be profitable, uh, I had to double my team you know, to make up for my... 40 million in sales. Yep. I, had, I had to double my team. So I just, I hired yep. real quick math on that. Everyone listening is you double your team size. You charge a 50% referral fee. You're netting the exact same dollar amount. The only thing keeping you today, everyone listening from stopping selling real estate is you're not willing to double your team size. Yeah, man. It's not easy either. You got to recruit like crazy. So my job went from being listing agent to like full-time recruiter and uh, in three months, I went, we went from 15 agents to 30 agents and it was a success. In three months, it's not easy. Yeah. So what would you rather do, sell full time for the next 30 years or spend three months recruiting and doubling your team size? Yeah, kind of a no brainer, right? When you put it like that. But well, and it's it, honestly that simple. And everyone listening is like rolling eyes because you don't want to put in the work scary, of learning how to recruit. It's scary as hell. The hardest thing is not the recruiting. The recruiting was easy. The hardest thing is getting past my own fear. That fear of what if I can't double my team? What if I double my team, everybody hates it and they all quit? You know, and then oh, I had this sure thing of this income and it's gone. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've got all the money I need right now as a sales agent, which was true. I had the lifestyle I wanted except for no time. I had the money lifestyle I wanted. Yep. And uh, so I just had to walk through that fear. And yep. so anyone who's, anyone who's listening, who who's like, dude, I don't want to be at, at kitchen tables until eight o'clock at night anymore. And I want to give my kids story time and, and have dinner with my family. Just, you want to be at the kitchen table. You just want to be family. at your kitchen table. That's right. Dude, I don't want to be at their kitchen table with the dog with his nose in my crotch. They're like, Hey, you want to drink? No, I don't want to drink. I want to go home. Kids. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you, brother. Our story is very similar. I got licensed in 2006. I launched my real estate team in 2011. I exited the sales in 2014. And my entire focus was just like yours. It was recruiting. It was retaining by giving them training, holding them accountable to certain key performance indicators, generating leads, building systems. And I've been doing that obsessively the last six years. And of course, we've grown really large. So um, a lot of people listening want to be like you when they grow up, Matt. What would you say are like two or three of the things you chose to do when you did say, I'm not selling another house? What were some of the strategies you implemented so that you could survive that and weather that storm? Because that's the risk if you just willy-nilly say, I'm out. You know, and that, that doesn't have to be the strategy. You can slowly work yourself out. You could work certain price points or only go on appointments on Fridays not every day. Tell people I'll only go on a list press on a Friday. That's the day. So, you know, what were some of the things you did other than doubling your team size? 
No, that was it. I just, <laughs> just I, doubled I just, team size. I just doubled the team size. You know, we had a revolt. Of course, the 15 agents who were here didn't like that there were now 30 agents. Uh-oh. What's good? So here are some limiting beliefs, and I've gone through this so many times. I went from 6 to 12, 12 to 24, 24 to 70 right now. Oh, congrats. They're going to lose leads. They're going to lose support. They're going to lose you. Mm-hmm. They're going to get lost in the shuffle. They're not going to have an identity any longer. There's not going to be office space. I mean, the list goes on and on. And the truth is that would be the case if Matt didn't know how to run a business. But yeah, it's not the case if you know not, how to just double those things. So, but, but here's the deal. Even though it's not the case, and now anyone who's with me who was with me then is earning way more money and has a way better life because we're a $300 million team instead of $100 million, And our brand has all kinds of clout and our sure. marketing is so much bigger. But, but anyone who goes to double their team is going to experience that exact same type of, of resistance because it's just the, the scarcity thinking of real estate agents is the pie is only so big. And if there's mm-hmm. more people, there's less pie. And so I don't, I don't know that there's a way to prevent that thinking. Um, I haven't been able to figure it out. I, you know, before we doubled the team, I had lots of meetings and had got people's buy-in and, and had them come up with ways that we could make things better while, as we were doing it. It didn't do any good anyway. Yeah. Um, so what, let me throw one out there. I think yeah. um, one of yeah, the things that I chose to do was I've always followed the quote. And I think, I don't know if I have, if this was my quote, if someone knows where this comes from, let me know. But I've always said true leaders serve their followers by teaching them to be just like them. And so when I knew I wanted to double our team size and I didn't want to create all these issues, I just simply told the agents that I wanted to help them build teams. And if all of my agents added one agent, my team would double. If all my agents added two, my team would triple and so on and so forth. So when I took my real estate team, literally this year during a pandemic, the worst year ever that everybody's saying, sorry, air quotes there, but 2020, there's a pandemic, there's a presidential election. My team has grown three X this year. So we launched our team, our, sorry, our team, the number one team in the world at Berkshire, 2020 launches of the KW Elite brokerage. We've three X our agent count, three X our gross commission income, three X our sales volume, um, all during a pandemic. And um, it was exactly what I just said. So we took our team and make, made it a brokerage and told all of our agents, hey, you guys should start building your teams yourselves. And not all of the agent count came from agents in the company building teams, but I'm teaching people to do exactly what we did so they don't have to sell either. So they can live and lead the life of their dreams. Mm, yeah. That was, that was brilliant. So that's, yeah. that's some next level thinking. I didn't have that thinking. Yeah. And that, and that, that doesn't work for everyone because not everyone wants a team and that's okay, but it is a way that I think it makes it not feel the same way that, you know, I think agents feel when it grows. I think the number one thing when I put myself in their shoes is they've, they have this comfortable environment, right? Mm-hmm. They know when they go to the, the office with the seven or 17 people that they know, like, and trust that feels good. It feels comfortable. And they're scared. Every time you add a person, it's going to be that the bad hire, you know, it's going to be the person that's going to poison the well. It's not going to feel the same anymore. It's not going to have that family-like feel. It's going to be a yep. different culture and it's going to be a different company. Yeah, nobody likes change. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so, but I, I like the way you did it for sure. Yeah. We didn't do that. We didn't do it that way. And we had a silent revolt, you know, privately uh, about how bad it was. The behind your back revolt? 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you guys, if you're an agent listening and you like to bitch behind everyone else's back, I challenge you to not be cowardly and go directly to the person you have an issue with and ask them to lunch and share all of your anger with them. Because keeping that in is going to ruin your life and ruin the lives of the people around you. We have several examples of this just recently. And we, you start catching wind. We all, Matt hears about it. Jeff hears about it. Like we're always going to know because people think they'll elevate themselves by telling you all the negativity that they hear about. But guess what? I know that if they heard it, they were part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so my ask is always, why didn't you walk away? Why did you even listen to this story? Yeah. Right. They were part of it. Even listening to someone that's spewing negativity makes you part of that negative negativity. So go, if you have issues and you always complain up, right. Never complain down or sideways. Cause that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I, I say this to myself a lot too. Like if I've got, if I've got a complaint, if I've got a bad, you know, a bad attitude, some negativity, it's a message for me to take action. Mm, I like it. So I, I think for me personally, if I, if I'm upset about something, I'm like, all right, so this is a good thing. This is a message that I should be taking action in some way. So what action do I need to take right now? Um, and I, but you know, complaining to somebody else, all, all you do is try to recruit them to your side just to say, Hey, yeah. you see it like I see it. And by the way, all of your friends will always be recruited to your side. They'll always tell you that they see it your way right. and, and justify you. It doesn't mean that you're right. It just means that you've got good friends. Yep. Nope. 100%. That's a great point. Well, those are some, uh, some solid suggestions and fair warnings for those that are wanting to scale um, as we turn this corner into 2021 and put 2020 behind us. All of us have a lot of goals. I would challenge everyone listening, and Matt and I talked about this a little bit before we got on, to not use COVID-19 as an excuse to not be successful next year, to not use who became the president. I don't mean saying it that way because I care who became president. I don't, but don't use who, who becomes the president as an excuse to not be successful next year. I think people are always looking for excuses to fail. And I share this based on my experience in 2007 and eight and nine, when the market tanked and I'd ask agents why they weren't doing well, they'd look at me like I was crazy. They're like, have you seen the market? <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I'd say, no, I haven't. I've been selling real estate. I've been knocking doors. I've been going to opens. I've been cold calling. I've been building my business and I was crushing. I grew 25% a year for five consecutive years individually. And then when I launched my team, we grew exponentially, we doubled, tripled year after year after year. I ignore the messaging and I challenge everyone to do the same. We're in the best real estate market in history from a seller's market perspective. Hell yeah. Interest rates are locked. The Fed has said they are not raising rates for another two years. People can buy houses now like they never have been able to buy them in the past as, as long as you can find inventory. So for those that are willing to really hit the ground and run and not make excuses, you will be successful in most markets. I don't know why anyone would make, make excuses right now. This is the very best environment to be a real estate agent that I've ever seen. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's better than 2006 when I got in. And, uh, and we grew every year significantly through seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 10, 11, just like you guys did. Even with the market, how it was? Oh yeah. All those agents are like, Oh, can you believe this market? I'm like, yes, thank it's God. Amazing. We're crushing. Yeah. And uh, you know, you come out with work ethic like that too, because you did have to grind, man. Short sales were tough. Dude, oh. you took listings, not because they'd sell, but because you generated sign calls. Yeah. That I told it. sellers, I'm like, Hey, average sales, average time on market seven months. Uh, we probably won't sell your house, but I will get a lot of sign calls. You'll get a lot of showings. And over the course of seven months, you'll get seven showings. And I'll pick up some buyer leads. I mean, that's hey, why we took listings. Hey, let, let, me, let me give a light at the end of the tunnel because I talked about the bad side. 
Yep. And, um, and it, it wasn't long after the revolt. So, the, so we had that, we, I stopped selling homes in August, doubled the team before the end of the year, the kind of like, like the silent dis, you know, the discontent was in January. Um, all those agents were either fired by me or left by June, the ones mm -hmm. that, that weren't happy. And we of course just continued to recruit. And, um, and by the end of the next year, I had almost replaced my, my income and was going on no listing appointments. And so it, then the whole team too, by the way, those bad seeds that were complaining were bad seeds even before we doubled. I just didn't know that they were so bad. And so getting that negative energy out, man, we mm -hmm. brought in a ton of positive energy. We got the best culture we've ever had now at 60 agents. And it's way better than it was at 15 agents. because We got 60 agents who love being here. I love it. A uh, great book, you guys, that speaks to this. I've referenced this a lot of times is the top five, sorry, the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni. Uh, one of the characters in the book who is the negative Nancy agent is Mickey and she spoils the whole group. And there's a lot of um, teaching around this concept that one bad egg can really ruin everything. So you remove that one person, even if they're a big producer, you'll find that your other agents are going to perform much higher. You're going to attract people that you didn't know were staying away because that individual was inside your world. So I love the adage. I subscribe to it. Hire slow, fire fast. For anyone thinking right now of a person that shouldn't be in their world, please go to them today and invite them to some other better opportunity that is not in your world. And I promise you will be better for it. Hell yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more, man. Yeah. Yes. And, and get, get to it fast. Absolutely. Just fire fast. If somebody's, if somebody's not a culture fit, if somebody's complaining, if somebody continues to come and say, this isn't good enough, just say, here's the door. There are yeah. places that are good enough for you and it's not this one. So let's, yeah. let's go ahead and just get, you know, cut to the chase and they'll back up and say, Oh no, no, no. And I'm like, right. it's too late. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And it's okay. And it's okay to let people go. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us have poured so much time and energy, heart, you know, blood, sweat, tears, or whatever into our businesses that we take it personally when someone doesn't like what we've built, but people won't like what they, what you've built because they don't like the person that they've become. It has nothing to do with the organization you built. It's really just their own problems and you don't need to have their problems in your world. So you can invite them to go find a different world to share their problems with and not yours. Um, if they're hindering people's growth, they cannot be inside your world. So mm, Jeff, man, that's, that's some wisdom right there, man. Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a, uh, you know, I've lost hundred, a hundred agents probably. I mean, in the last, over the course of my career, I've lost lots of agents and many have been invited to leave and some have left on their own. And I used to take it so personal and me too, man, it, you don't it, need to take it personal. It's okay. It used, it's a business it used to absolutely like crush me because right. real estate agent, I think most real estate agents want to be liked, you know, and especially the company's my name. Yeah. I don't know real estate. It's like, they're leaving me. They like, don't like you. I know they don't like me. Matt, I take it next level. It's not even that they don't like me per se. It's that they didn't believe in my vision oh. and that my vision was going to help them be the best version of themselves. And I tell everyone, I believe right now to this day, if you're listening and you're in Omaha and you want to come join us, come join. If you believe in this sentiment, I believe that in my world, they'll make money, more money and less time with less energy and that we will be the vehicle that allows them to live and lead the life of their dreams and the legacy they've always wanted to have. The reason that I think a lot of people don't choose to come is they're scared of the work that's going to have to go in to being successful. And they know that I've built a, um, a mousetrap that can expose lazy agents. 
they, I know if you're not working, cause I know exactly what it takes to be successful. So I think a lot of agents like to hide and you know, this is, I'm going to steal it from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross movie. Uh, the whole adage of coffees for closers. There are club real estate agents that just are in it just to have something to do. And that's okay. We allow those agents in our world, but I think those people are embarrassed because birds of a feather flock together. And typically if you want to be a BA successful business person, that's the world I built. If you want to be like average or below average, and you're not excited about waking up every day and interacting with people and getting after it, do not come into my office. Do not show your face. I want nothing to do with you because you're just going to pull me down. So I invite winners to come in and join my organization. And I invite people that don't think like a winner to go and join all of the other brokerages. Yeah, same, same. I, and and, they, and the, the non-winners don't want to be here and they don't want to be on your team because, because they don't fit in. And you want to hang out with people you fit in with. Absolutely. But also if I had a team though of a bunch of non-winners, the winners wouldn't want to be here either. 100%. Yep. And let, let's, um, let's make sure we acknowledge the word winning doesn't mean making money. The word winning is a lifestyle. It's um, trying to become the best you can be in everything that you do. So I want people winning at their relationships. I want people winning at their mental space, physical space, the way that they serve their community. We're all about winning in every area. So I think life's just a pursuit of always trying to become better. No one ever arrives and we want to be surrounded by those types of people. I loved your point. Um, people will follow. I just saw a meme. I sent a meme to a friend yesterday that said something to the extent of you can, you know what kind of leader you are based on the type of people that follow you. Mm. So you can judge the leader you've become by looking at those that choose to follow you. And it's okay if someone doesn't choose to follow you, it's just them simply saying they don't want to be like you when they grow up or they're intimidated to become like you when they grow up and they're too scared. So I like, I look at David Goggins. He's an ultra marathon runner, he runs 200 yeah. mile races. Yeah. No offense. And I'm sitting here probably 80 pounds overweight. I don't want to be like him physically. I know what he's had to put in. <laughs> He's talked a lot about it. If you've have you listened to or I, I, I love, read, I love, I love that guy. Yeah, he did, stuff. He did, he did a thousand pull-ups in a day. Yeah, dude, dude's a machine. He was on David Letterman. He tried to break the world record. He eventually did it, but failed twice. If you look him up, look up hamburger hand David Goggins. Oh, if you want to see a hand that's completely opened up from his pull-ups because the bar had too much wiggle in it. Well, Jeff, I I, I got to get running, man. But I really enjoyed this time. Yeah, dude, this was a great interview, Matt. I appreciate it. How does somebody get in touch with you um, if they want to kind of throw a referral your way or they want to look at possibly joining your brokerage? Yeah, man, all the information is right on our website, mattoneillrealestate.com. All right, Matt O'Neill, and that's O-N-E-I-L-L, mattoneillrealestate.com to get in touch with Matt. Also, we invite anyone listening that's gotten value out of this podcast or others to rate us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Our goal is to hit 1,000 ratings before the end of this year. Um, and give a shout out to Matt. If you got something out of this, maybe make mention of what it was. Also, we'd love to invite everyone to download all of our free content at growwithers.com. Uh, we host a lot of events that are coming up in 2021, both virtual and in person. But our biggest one's the Team Building Summit. That's in May. We're hoping that by then things aren't as crazy and there's a vaccine and people feel comfortable. But if not, there will be a virtual option. So be sure to go out and take advantage of all of that free stuff. Matt, it was a pleasure. Great chat with you today. Go and dominate your week and weekend. Yeah, man. I yeah, appreciate you and happy birthday next week. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.